Welcome to Literary Speaking with Crystal Lee Quibell. Literary Speaking is the author's guide to writing and publishing, sharing tips and tricks for aspiring authors. Crystal Lee's expert guests will bring you the latest information on how to write and publish your book into being. Are you ready to tell your story? Here's your host. Good morning and welcome to Literary Speaking. I'm your host, Crystal Lee Quibel, and today we're speaking with Jessica Strasser, author of the soon-to-be-released Almost Missed You and editor at Writer's Digest magazine. Jessica, welcome to the show. Thank Hi, you Jessica. for having me. Hi. No problem. So for any of our listeners who aren't familiar with Writer's Digest, maybe you could kind of share a little bit about the magazine and the work that you do there. Absolutely. Um, So Writer's Digest is the largest um, circulation magazine for both aspiring and working writers in North America and has been since um, 1920, which is quite the long history. We're coming up on our 100-year anniversary pretty soon. Um, And really, uh, no matter what kind of writer you are or no matter what level you are at, if you're a beginner or intermediate, advanced, um, we have something for everyone. So every issue has writing craft instruction, um, publishing tips, um, news on industry trends. We have creativity and inspiration. We always have um, a big feature-length interview with a best-selling author on the cover. Um, And we're published about eight times a year. Well, we're published eight times a year, and then we do usually about four special newsstand-only issues every year. So that's 12 altogether. Um, And we also have a whole family of um, Writer's Digest instructional books, online workshops, tons of stuff like that. really pretty much anything you could think of. And we have an annual conference in New York City in August, which, um, Crystal, you were there last year. I was, and I can tell you I learned so much in that weekend. I've spent so much money on courses and different groups and things like that, but at the conference there was just – it was everything you kind of needed to know as a writer to from, like, pitching articles to getting published to designing your book covers. Like it was fantastic. So, I mean, I highly recommend it and I was really grateful for the experience I had there. It's really cool as an editor to be able to meet our readers face to face and meet other writers. I'm a writer too, as are most of the other editors on staff. So, well, all the other editors on staff. So, um, now we have, you know, a lot of online outreach. Outreach. We have a huge social media um, platform. So anyone who's not familiar, they want to uh, visit writersdigest.com. There's just a ton of information and a vast well of articles available there for free. Mm-hmm. So in speaking about freelance writing, why is this sort of a viable topic, even for writers who might primarily be focused on another type of writing, say either it's fiction or memoir? Absolutely. Um, I actually moderated a panel on this at the Writer's Digest conference a few years ago um, with editors from um, huge, glossy magazines. Um, We had someone from Rolling Stone, Good Housekeeping, um, and Esquire was there. And um, that was really a thing that all of the editors emphasized is, um, you know, most writers now are not approaching their writing careers with tunnel vision. You know, I'm going to just I want to publish a memoir, and so I'm just going to work on my memoir, and then when it's done, I'm going to submit it, and hopefully that will go well. Um, I think the most successful authors today, especially in this age where you can do so much publishing yourself online and without necessarily needing the middleman, 
Um, mm-hmm. Diversification in your writing is key. So the first thing is publication credits. Even if outside the genre you're primarily focused on, if, if you have, if you can say, well, I had work published in this venue and this venue and this venue, even if it's a website that didn't pay you, even if it's a regional publication, that shows future editors and agents when you submit that you are a serious enough writer to have enough professionalism to at minimum have the experience of having presumably met a deadline, worked with an editor, even if on a small project. And if they're on the fence about whether or not to greenlight your idea, that could nudge them in the direction of taking a chance on you. Um, Number two, authors hear a lot about platform building these days. Um, They're kind of getting used to hearing that every author today is expected to have some sort of author platform or a way of directly reaching your audience. And bylines in publications build readerships very gradually and organically. If you have a byline that brings a few people to your website or to your Twitter feed or your blog or your Facebook page, you now have a captive audience who might decide to follow along and see what else you write. So building a readership that you can carry with you one that isn't dependent upon a middleman or a gatekeeper or a publisher or anyone other than you is a smart move for any author in this age where you can independently do a lot to succeed or perhaps not succeed as a writer. And then the third thing is that if you have a byline out there, it can catch the attention of an editor or an agent. Um, We hear from a lot of writers who how they got their novel published was they had a short story or an essay in a literary magazine, and agents and editors read those and you know saw the bio, saw the story and liked it and contacted the writer. Um, I actually had a similar um, story. It's not the agent I ended up signing with, but I myself had an essay in the New York Times Modern Love um, about a year and a half ago, and the essay was thematically related to a novel that I currently had out on submission. Even though the novel was fiction and the essay was nonfiction, you know there was a similarity there. And the bio mentioned, the bio at the end of the essay mentioned that I had a novel um, that I'd recently completed. And I got a phone call from an agent who said, "I loved your essay. Do you need representation?" I actually already had an agent at the time, but mm-hmm. um, I've seen firsthand that that really happens. Yes, that I mean, we've had a, a few guests that have submitted to Modern Love and. Um, Aspen Matus was one of them, the author of Girl in the Woods, and she said the same thing. You know, you don't realize when you do it how many people are going to contact you after. So you never know who's mm-hmm. really watching your work. So it's really important to get yourself out there, whether it's a regional publication or something wider spread like the New York Times. I mean, you have to start somewhere and build that platform. Exactly. And and in venues like the New York Times and really other, particularly with essays, you know, that's not something that you pitch, hey, I have this idea for an essay, or would you be interested in it? That's something that you mm-hmm. write on spec, meaning that you write the entire essay and you just submit that. So really, they don't care who you are. They just care whether or not they like your essay, you know, um, if you're pitching a freelance article, if you're pitching a something that needs to be researched with interviews conducted and things like that. The editor certainly might look at your byline and see if you've done that sort of thing before if you're pitching a major venue. But with an essay, it really just um, stands on its own right. So uh, there's no reason not to aim high. You know, why not? Exactly. Well, everyone, you're listening to Literary Speaking with Crystal Lee Quibble, and today we're talking with Jessica Strasser 
author and editor at Writer's Digest magazine. When we return, we'll discuss tips for pitching to Writer's Digest, how to secure a regular writing gig as a freelancer, and how you can win a free 12-month subscription to Writer's Digest just by listening. Tweet with us at Writer Crystal. We'll be right back. Your story is begging to be told, but do you know where to start? Crystal Lee Quibell is dedicated to helping you achieve your book publishing dreams. Go to crystalleequibell.com. That's crystalleequibell, Q-U-I-B-E-L-L.com, and sign up for Crystal Lee's newsletter today. Welcome back to Literary Speaking. I'm your host, Krista Lee, and we're continuing our conversation today with Jessica Strasser, author and editor of Writer's Digest magazine. Before the break, we spoke a little bit about New York Times and the Modern Love column. You wrote an extra angel at the top of the tree for that column. What was your experience, Jessica, in pitching and having your article published there? I really just pitched it cold, um, just like anybody else would, even though I work at a magazine myself. Um, you know, I didn't have any connections to the editor there or anything like that. Um, the one thing I would say, one tip that I think maybe worked in my favor that I could share would be um, my essay was timely. It was tied to a holiday. It was kind of Christmas-themed. And so I put that in my subject line, that it was sort of a time-sensitive submission um, and I think I submitted probably around the right time. I submitted about 68 weeks before I thought that they might need to run that. So that's definitely, if you're if you're writing um, something that has a timely hook or that ties in with a holiday, I would not bury that in the bottom of your pitch because I know they get a, a high volume of submissions. So go ahead and put that in your subject line. That's a great tip. So really make sure that if it's time sensitive, put it in the subject line so that it doesn't get buried in the editor's mm. mailbox. Now, how can a writer secure a byline? And perhaps we should maybe share with our listeners what exactly we mean by byline and what that is. So a byline would just be something in a publication that says by and your name next to mm -hmm. it. So um, <laughs> ideally, you will have gotten paid for that. Yes. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes not. Um, there are online venues that maybe don't have um, very big budgets, maybe don't pay very much, but they might still be worth your time if they get a lot of traffic and if you can get a link with that byline. Ideally, the best is to get not only a byline, but also a little author bio at the end, even if it's only one sentence that also could link to your blog or your website or your social media feed um, or anywhere that um, writers could go to learn more. So, um, you know, I feel like whenever I talk about freelance um, pitching tips, they, they always end up sounding rather obvious. Um, but uh, I think that the thing is that most people don't do these things. So the number one thing is to follow submission guidelines. Um, most websites, most publications have them on their website now, um, or there are guides like um, my company publishes a writer's market book every year, which also has a writersmarket.com as an online subscription site where that just they, they have gathered submission guidelines from like thousands of publications, and you can access all of them there, um, places that you never even dreamed existed. Um, so for Writer's Digest, it's writersdigest.com slash submission dash guidelines. And there we're basically going to tell you what we're looking for and how to submit it. Um, and we also have um, an editorial calendar live on that site, which is the themes that we are going to be addressing in the year ahead. Um, 
not every publication publishes an editorial calendar, but if they do, that really is your secret weapon. Um, you would not believe how few people pitch specifically with our editorial calendar in mind. So when we do get a submission that says, hey, I see that you're planning a July-August issue on creativity, here's an idea that might fit within that. Um, that is, I mean, that's a very smart writer who we already know that they've taken the time to familiarize their sol- themselves with what, with what we're looking for, but also that is what we are looking for. So we're going to look at that a little bit more closely. Um, I think the second thing I would say would be when you are pitching to an editorial calendar, the key is not to pitch the most obvious thing that comes to your mind. Like, oh, you're doing an issue on creativity, I will pitch an article of creativity tips. Um, That's kind of vague. That's a little bit broad. We probably have already thought of that. Um, So I think I would say probably when you come to a topic, if you're brainstorming ideas for how to pitch um, how you might – how an article might fit in with a theme, I would say probably discard your first 10 ideas. Just get them out, get them on paper. Mm-hmm. Don't pitch those. Discard them and dig deeper. Um, think about how you can come at something from a different angle that is really going to make your pitch stand out. Um, and that is even more important if you're pu- if you're pitching a niche publication um, with a more narrow scope, um, such as Writer's Digest or... Um, if you are pitching an evergreen theme that you're pretty or topic that you're pretty sure has been covered before. So one of my favorite examples is, um, you know, writing conferences, we were talking about our conference earlier, but um, obviously, you know, since we've been around since 1920, we've done a lot of coverage of writing conferences and (laughs) what you can learn from them and why you should go and what some good conferences are. Um, it's not a thing that we can stop covering because it's an important, you know, outlet that our audience needs to know about. But there, there are only so many ways that you can go at an evergreen topic like that. So, a couple of years ago, I got a pitch from a freelance writer, Elizabeth Sims, who writes for us a lot. She's a contributing editor for us now. But at the time, I think it was one of the very first articles she pitched me, and it was how even a bad writing conference can make you a better writer. <laughs> and she had all these great stories from she had been to a disastrous writing conference. She never mm-hmm. said which one. <laughs> and uh, she had stories right down to being able to hear the writer in the room next to her, in the hotel room next to her, just sobbing uncontrollably, um, oh, which was wow. just awful. But she's like <laughs> trying to prepare her own pitch for the next day and hearing this other person who maybe maybe her pitch hadn't gone so well or maybe something completely mm. unrelated was going on. But um, <laughs> So the article was entertaining, but it also had some really good information in there about how you can kind of, you know, take the control of any event that you find yourself at and seek out people who are going to make it worth your time. So that was an example of a writer who really took an evergreen topic that we had covered to death and found a new twist, a new approach. Mm -hmm. And that's what you want to do when you shape your own pitch. Well, exactly. And kind of going back to the conference experience, I mean, I know I keep talking about it and I've raved about it ever since I went, but I really did find that it was so helpful. And I mean, I'm not affiliated in any way. I don't get any kickback for (laughs) for saying any of this, but I really (laughs) felt like I learned so much. I mean, there was a panel on this actual specific topic with you and Susan Shapiro and and Zach Mm -hmm. and 
and it was just so informative and you're and you're kind of going from one thing to another and you meet other writers and it's just it was really a great experience to meet everybody in the industry and you know the the way we got to pitch our our novel you know where else can you pitch seven agents in an hour and get an instant response <laughs> right um well, and I oh, think yeah. some of it, too, is something that you are also doing here with the show um, and that we try to do also just with our blog posts and things like that. But it kind of helps people see that, you know, editors and agents are really just people, too. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes Absolutely. it seems like there's this kind of, you know, mystique or intimidation factor. You know, people call them gatekeepers. Um, like they're gonna, they're holding the keys to everything and um Actually, there's this great new book that a former colleague of mine, Zachary Pettit, who did that panel with mm-hmm. me at the conference, he has a new book out um, from Writer's Digest Books. It's called The Essential Guide to Freelance Writing. Um, and if anyone is seriously interested in freelance writing, it's a great new resource. And it's also just a really endor- uh, enjoyable read. There's nothing dry about it. He's very funny. And one <laughs> of the lines he says in the book is, haters going to hate, gatekeepers going to gate. <laughs> but... <laughs> Which I was like, I can't believe I've never heard anyone say that before. But um, really, they're just people who love writing and love books just like you. So, mm-hmm. and that's something that you're doing here with the show, too. So, um, yeah, we absolutely want to help people learn, you know, the do's and the don'ts so that they can further their writing career and really get all of the inside info so they can be a really informed and inspired writer. What should every writer keep in mind not to do when pitching their work to any publication? I'm, I think the most obvious thing that, that people don't realize and probably never will know that it was obvious to an editor is that if you have no familiarity with the publication that you are pitching, if you decide to pitch an article to Writer's Digest but you've never picked up a copy of Writer's Digest before, that is, I promise you, it is going to be painfully obvious in mm-hmm. your query. And you might not even, I mean, I could give you egregious examples. I mean, we we get submissions all the time of short stories and poetry every day. We don't publish short stories or no. poetry. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. But yeah, we get those submissions every day. And, you know, you're really, but but I think the less egregious example of that is just, you know, people pub, people pitching an article idea that is literally an article that is uh, the same idea is already in an issue that is currently available on newsstands. Certainly we don't expect you to know everything we've ever published so that you can't you don't mm-hmm. pitch that but it's good to have some familiarity with what's been published recently what sorts of things we publish you know we don't accept 4000 word articles on spec we don't yeah. publish 4000 word articles at all and we certainly don't read them on spec um we get that kind of stuff in our inbox all the time that really goes back to following the guidelines which i was saying this seems so obvious but you know the editor's never going to reply to you and say i could tell mm-hmm. from your pitch that you didn't that you've never seen my magazine before they're not going to tell you that but it's true yes how can a writer become a regular contributor for a publication like writers digest what you know what's the top thing they can do to make sure that that becomes a possibility i think the number one thing to do is well, it's kind of a two-step process. When you get an mm-hmm. assignment, when you get your first assignment, and um, 
And honestly, the first, the easiest way to get your first assignment is probably to start small, maybe with a regional publication or a niche publication where the subject is just really in your wheelhouse for whatever reason it relates to your day job or something like that, or an essay that you submit on spec. When you get that first assignment, really knock it out of the park, even if it is your weekly neighborhood newspaper that mm-hmm. isn't very well put together and you're only getting paid $25 to write the piece. Treat it like it is a byline in O Magazine and you're getting paid $2,000 to write it. Do a really, really, really good job. Editors talk. Editors know one another. You never Mm -hmm. know how one assignment could lead to another, even if it's not at the same publication. And then the second thing, step two, is just to pitch again. If the assignment goes well, unless there's some reason that you do not want to write for that venue again, Pitch again, and when you pitch again, pitch a specific article idea. I can't tell you how many people write for the magazine, and it's a great experience, and they do a great job on their first article, and they say, I'd love to write for you again. Let me know if you ever need anything else. (laughs) And then I never – that's like, you know, if you have a friend and you say, well, we should have coffee sometime, and they say, yeah, and then are you ever going to get – the coffee? No. When you go get the coffee is when someone says, what are you doing Saturday morning at 10? Do you want to grab a cup of coffee? So it's kind of the same thing. You know, pitch another specific idea. And even if that one isn't the winner, just keep the pitches coming. I'm not saying to send, you know, 10 in one day or anything like that. But um, don't deluge the poor editor. But um, certainly there's no reason not to pitch again. It is always easier to get a second assignment as a known entity than it is to get a first assignment um, kind of cold querying. And if you do that enough, um, I think it's a lot easier than most people realize to become a regular contributor to a publication. And really, that is what you want. That is the sweet spot where Mm -hmm. you're spending a lot less time sending out these queries, familiarizing yourself with new venues that you don't know about so that you can pitch them, spending a lot less time doing that and a lot more time writing, which is what you want to be doing, and getting more paychecks with fewer lags in between. Excellent advice. So always be specific and knock it out of the park, whether it's your local newspaper or a glossy magazine. Jessica, Mm -hmm. thank you so much for being here. Before we go, I'd love to hear a little bit about your debut novel that is coming out this April called Almost Missed You. You must be incredibly excited. Can you tell us a little bit about it? I am. It's actually next April, April 2017. Okay. I'm just so excited for authors. I jumped the gun. I know. Um, no, thank you. I'm I'm really excited about it, too. Um, I actually just got the official catalog description for the book, so it's on jessicadestrauser.com. If anybody would like to visit my website, there's an almost missed you link at the top that you can mm-hmm. click on. Um, but it's really just about – I've always been fascinated by the question of whether or not there's really such a thing in a relationship as meant to be. You know, I think everybody's kind of fascinated with that idea. And this story opens up with one of those couples who everyone thinks just has the greatest story of how they met and got together, and it must be fate. And they're on their first vacation as a family, and the guy just takes off with the kid in the middle of the vacation. And the woman is completely blindsided and has no idea what happened. And the story kind of backtracks from there. And we find out, you know, is this couple's story really what everyone thought it was? And it's told in alternate perspectives. So. It sounds really exciting. Coming in April 2017. (laughs) Well, yes, we'd love to have you back on when the novel debuts and we can talk further about it. 
Thank you again so much for being here, Jessica. Thanks for um, having me. Yeah. Jessica Strauser can be found online at jessicastrauser.com. Uh, that's Jessica, S-T-R-A-W-S-E-R.com or writersdigest.com. Her latest book, Almost Missed You, is forthcoming from St. Martin's Press in April 2017. If you'd like to win a free copy or 12-month subscription to Writer's Digest magazine, you can enter to win by visiting me online at crystalleequible.com and sign up for my newsletter. As a newsletter subscriber, you'll be automatically entered every single week to win free books from our guests. Join us next week as we speak with filmmaker and author of the memoir, Talking Story, Marie Rose. I'm your host, Crystal Lee. Keep writing and thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Literary Speaking with your host, Crystal Lee Quibell. To start discovering how you can begin telling your story, go to crystalleequibell.com. That's crystalleequibell, Q-U-I-B-E-L-L.com. And sign up for Crystal Lee's newsletter. Join us again next week for more advice from your favorite authors and publishing professionals.